Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the show. Vassas is here. Aloha. Uh, Rachel's here. Greetings. Okay, and coming up on the show, we have David and Carrie Grant. Tell us about those guys, Rachel. David and Carrie Grant, you might recognise them from uh, their voices, really, from your TV screens. Um, I remember them back when they were on Fame Academy, the vocal coaches. They had an amazing uh, music show on CBBC, but they have written this incredibly powerful, incredibly um, guiding book about their family. They have four children and they have um, experienced neurodiversity, gender fluidity, uh, lots of the issues that more and more of us are becoming aware of and more of us want to educate ourselves about. And it is a really emotional, inspirational read. And from the sublime and the sensitive and the the really helpful and instructive to the most ridiculous, listen to what Vassos has been doing since the birth of his... Not the birth, but the, the, the welcoming of the latest member to the Alexander family in Barnes. Somebody told me you should take vitamin B12. So ages ago, I yeah. ordered some vitamin B12 and forgot all about it. We should all take vitamin D, vitamin B12, and some of us should take an aspirin a day for the rest of our mm. lives. So I have this pot of vitamin B12 that then about six months ago, I remember, and I start taking the vitamin B12. And usually I do it in the mornings, actually, first thing. But yesterday I forgot, so I did it mid-afternoon. And Caroline goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking my B12. She starts laughing. Matthew starts laughing. Um, so they're... Like they're no, they don't like like capsules. They're like organic little round things, and I just drink them with water. It turns out that since the arrival of Bella the puppy, that pot of vitamin B12 that I bought ages ago has not been full of vitamin B12. It's been full of dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a vegetarian, have been eating a dog treat a day. How have you been finding it? Have you oh, improved skin? I'm just trying Better to not... sleep? Uh, well, I think you've been more waggy than usual. <laughs> trying to not think about it. You're out tiggering your own... weird. Your own ticker tail. I'm, I drink them with water. <laughs> I'm, you know, the method, water in the mouth. Dog... Oh! See, if our friend does <laughs> does evolve from pub in the park to pup in the park, yeah. then you, you should be his... Right you there. know Fitzpatrick... That's a few people with dogs. It's more or less done, aren't you? Yep. All uh, right, the Times front page. <laughs> Swimsuit model 81, Martha Stewart pulls it off. Now, the big thing about this, it's, um, what's the magazine called? Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. Swimwear every, issue. Every year, the swimwear issue outsells. It's like the November edition of Vogue, isn't it? That's a really big deal, isn't it, in America? That's the thing. And it's the same with... The this 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 other magazine, and she's pulled it off at 81. I haven't seen the pictures. Have you seen the picture? I saw one picture. She, right, right on the big front page spread on the Times. Eighty-one. I know. Yeah. Come on. Seriously. Great they, hat. Unbelievable they, hat. They say is eighty the new sixty. Is eighty the new fifty? I mean, come on. She well, looks amazing. The whole calendar age thing, you know, as the days go. Yesterday we talked about the fact that most people are awake for about a thousand minutes a day. A thousand minutes is. 16 hours and 40 minutes. So when you wake up, bear in mind you have a 1,000 minutes to go. Uh, when you wake up, you want to have a little word with yourself because when you wake up, you're, most, you're, you're the most of just you you're going to be. Every second after you wake up, you're a bit, a bit less of just you and a bit more of you plus the world, you plus everything else, which is why you have these little private moments 
It's called uh, the, the, the what's it called? Morning minutes? Yeah, a couple of minutes. So your morning minutes. You, you wake up and you have a little word with yourself. What are you grateful for? Everything, you know. Um, what do you want to let go of? What's going to be useful to let go of today? Which is lots of things. Usually, the, to be honest, the past and the future. Get on with the here and the now. And then what do you want to focus on today? Particularly because um, if you, there's something you need to focus on, prioritise that because all these micro decisions you have to make every single day. What are you going to wear? And you know, should you have another cup of tea? And should you go this way to work or that way to work? And uh, there's certain things that you weren't expecting that are coming your way with other people with questions. All those micro decisions aren't a big decision, but they will add up to to what a big decision does, you know, as far as frying your brain is concerned. And then you won't have any juice left for your big decisions. So that's what you need to do there. Greg's wins right to late night opening for Leicester Square Bakery Store. It was only a question of time, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? The council had refused it. They were like, come on. Well, every other shop People and want their sausage rolls. bar and mm. casino around there is open forever. So why can't we be? I mean, th- th- this clearly was in their long term plan. You wouldn't open a Greg's in Leicester Square and restrict the hours. Yeah. Sorry, it's five o'clock. We're closed. If you could help it. <laughs> So from one behemoth to another, is Greg's owned by someone or is Greg's Greg's? You know, because often you get big companies owned by other big companies. I don't know what Greg's Procter and Gamble own most things, don't they? Yeah, pingy. Yeah, I think so. Centre Parks for sale with a £5 billion price tag. Centre Parks UK, an Irish business, is being put up for sale with a price tag of up to £5 billion, double the amount it was bought for in 2015 as its private equity owners seek to cash in on the trend for domestic breaks kick-started by the COVID pandemic. Very wise. Very wise. And look at that. So they acquired it in 2015. So they had an exit plan because that's what you do when you take over these things. Um, usually it's f- between three and five years. This is a bit longer, um, seven to eight years. Obviously, they couldn't have foreseen COVID. So, you know, uh, they've obviously benefited from it. Of course, they have sales more than quadrupled to £503 million a year in 2022. So that's sales. So we don't know what the profit is out of that. So turnover... You know, you want to sell your business between five and ten times, don't you? Five and twenty, depending on what business you're in. Uh, And also depending on whether it's making a profit or not yet, or it's heading towards a profit. So they're looking for ten times their turnover. I don't know what the profit is. Um, Oh, here we go. Uh, Profits to 66 million. So do you go on profits? Do you go on a a profits multiple? So a profits multiple of that is 50 to 5 is... um, What is that? 50 to 5 is billion. Okay, I'm Mm. only doing millions. Uh, uh, I don't know. Sorry, my... <laughs> 503 million. So, for no, 503 million is two times, isn't it? No, it's not. It's 10 times because 1 billion. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 10 times. 10 times. So, 66 is 100 times. Whew, suddenly, it looks expensive, doesn't it? And there's one listener pointed out it's 5 billion now, but in the school holidays, it's probably going to be 15 billion. So, you want to try and grab it. <laughs> and another argument. Get it before half term. For carving up um, the school holidays. You know, and and having holidays when you want because kids are learning differently nowadays and they know some more, uh, lots more than their teachers about some things in life. So interesting that I was reading about that yesterday, about the fact that we have these towers, these knowledge towers, you know, and as we began to to evolve and develop knowledge as a species obviously only certain individuals knew certain things and then when you could tell other people about them more more people knew about them but now because the internet and then because chat gpt and because of ais plural not single singular then the the knowledge towers are more available to almost all of us therefore we can we need to learn in different ways and we don't need to learn as often because knowledge is is more accessible so there you go. But it's good to keep our brain ticking over, isn't it? I mean, we need to learn stuff 
because otherwise our brain just atrophies like any muscle. This projection. No, somebody was telling me about that yesterday. <laughs> and you remembered it. Yeah. Well done. Former head Those teacher. Those dog treats. Jamie, he said he's just going on courses and it's great because it keeps him learning. Yeah, no, it's very important. But there are different ways of doing that. Uh, Mom with you, two uteruses welcomes twins after conceiving one through IVF and one naturally. See, that's amazing. So that, that's us meeting Mother Nature, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Is it us meeting Mother Nature? I think so. No, it's not because we are nature. You oh, fell into my trap. Sorry. You fell into my. So it's nature working always around there. You can now get paid eighty pounds an hour to watch TikTok videos. Yep, count sounds, me in. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. How much did Matthew get for working in the bike shop? It wasn't eighty pounds an hour. I know. Actually, he told his sister yes. that it was twenty pounds an hour, and she, she was mortified. But it was more like ten. Yeah. No, he gets seven fifty an hour for working in the post office, making mm. the toast, or help making the toast, and working behind the counter. He's been offered his first eight-hour shift this Saturday. But it starts at quarter past seven, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> Sarah, if you're listening. <laughs> but it's to get these things out on the radio, isn't it? Norfolk Beach Walker finds Chris Packett from the 60s and English people's the best readers in the Western world. Woohoo! Lots of text being brought through today in the last 10 minutes with the headline Vassal's Dog Treats. Here we go, everyone. <laughs> Throw us a rope, we're going in. Hi, Chris. Vassar's experience with the B12 tablets has given me a horrific flashback to my mum's Sunday dinner when her glasses were steamed up from the pressure cooker and she mistook camp coffee for gravy brownies. (laughs) That's how to get the kids to do the housework, isn't it? Kay from Sutton in Ashfield. Vassar's, that story made me love you even more. And absolute stitches with my husband after hearing your vitamin dog story. (laughs) Vitamin dog. Oh... Vitamin dog for humans. Oh, try not to think about it. Hi, Chris, Vass and Rachel. I'm off for a river swim this afternoon. I only recently started. I'm absolutely loving it. Have a fabulous day. Joe from Barnard Castle. Yeah, I went swimming last night. Eight o'clock in the Thames. Oh, how did you find it? Well, it, the stream was quicker than I thought. We live next door to the rowing club, so they have this sort of traffic light system when it's safe to get in, and that was all safe to get in. And I just wasn't, I wasn't ready for how uh, strong it was. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything, it wasn't dangerous. It was just more than I thought. Mm-hmm. So I was breaststroking when I needed to be front crawling. I didn't know that till I turned around and realised that my house was some some way up river now. <laughs> yes, all of a sudden, it does happen. Time it does happen. Yeah. You got to be careful. So, be careful out there. But it was fun, and I slept so well last night. For me, I slept really well. Do you want the tip now? Yes. On okay, here we go. So we'll do this now. We'll do it again later because I know people listen to the show at different times. If you don't like reading and struggle to get to sleep, here's one way of trying, of maybe helping you to get to sleep and you can try tonight and you can let us know how it went tomorrow. So, if you don't like reading and you struggle to get off to sleep, read. In Ooh. bed. Because we are programmed as humans to find the path of least resistance to anything we want to do. Okay, and if you struggle to get to sleep for whatever, and there are a trillion reasons why that might be. Okay, but it's all psychological in the end. It's mostly ninety nine point nine percent psychological in the end, especially if it's become a thing. It's its own worst enemy. But if you really don't like reading, and this will test, by the way, you might you might have been pretending for years you don't like reading just so you don't have to read because it's quite effortful. But if you really don't like reading and you start to read in bed. Your brain will say, will have to surrender and it will have to say to itself and then yourself, even getting to sleep is easier than this. And then you'll go to sleep. 
Can you expand that to other stuff? Because, I mean, I quite like reading. Yes. So can you just do anything you don't like doing yes. so that your brain goes... Yeah, but what you can do, mm-hmm. because we did mention this, excuse me, <clears throat> if, you do li- if you do like reading, you don't, you don't like reading everything. You like reading the things you like to read. Oh, yeah. So what you do is you get a, you go, I don't know, somewhere to a bookshop somewhere or to a second-hand shop or uh, th- those telephone boxes that have books in that you can d- pay forward to your local neighbourhood, which I like, by the way, the way, lovely way of keeping the phone boxes around. It's f- full of words and wisdom. And you pick a scientific book, you know, or, um, or uh, an instruction booklet for, say, I don't know, a hairdryer. Yeah, or Caroline's art. No, books. but you'd like that actually, and you'd like art as well. No, so maybe a technical book, a technical manual. Mm. Start reading that, and you'll just you will you might you'll probably go to sleep. You'll probably go to sleep, and it's this is really interesting because it gets you onto the point of how come Tash and I don't have a drink on a Friday night anymore? Because we don't, and we don't have to not do it. We just don't want to do it. But we do still enjoy a drink on a Saturday night. And we used to love Friday and Saturday having a beer or a glass of wine. And it's we think, based on the same principle, it's because of this. We've now been running a half marathon trail run at between 9 and 10 on a Saturday morning for over two years. And so for a, a year or two, we would do that after a glass of wine or a couple of glasses of wine and a couple of beers on a Friday night. And it made it more difficult. But it didn't matter because our brain thought, oh, this this running on a Saturday morning thing, it's a phase they're going through. But clearly, it, our body, our bodies knew it was harder to run after a couple of glasses of wine the night before. But the brain thought, well, it doesn't matter because, you know, this is obviously this is they've been doing the drinking for years. Mm. This new thing on Saturday morning, that's going to fade away. And we can crack on with taking the easy option of what to do on a Friday night, externalizing your joy or your fun by taking something from the outside world and putting it inside you, as opposed to transmitting something from inside you to, to the outside world. But then after about a year, thought, it seems like they're cracking on with this and it's making it really difficult. So it reverse engineers the situation. How can it make running easier? Well, the easiest way to make running easier is to not run, which is why we resist it for a while. So that's the e- so the easiest way the easiest way to run is not run at all. And then you go, well, we're not going to do that. So it goes back. Says, okay, how, what's the what's the nearest point to them actually running that I can make it easier? Oh, it's by them not having a drink on a Friday night, and that's why I think we stopped drinking. Ah, oh, that's very interesting. It's, it might be completely scientifically incorrect, but I think yeah, I it's like a theory. It. Yeah. I, well, because <laughs> otherwise, why are we finding it so easy mm. to stop? We we don't even have to try to find it easy to stop drinking. We just don't want to drink anymore on a Friday. It's Saturday, bring it on. <laughs> I think it's called an upward spiral. It's mm. very felthy. Yeah. Very. Oh, yes. We're, we're, we're a felthy couple nowadays. Fit and healthy. Do you fancy being a bit felthy this weekend? Yes. Join the club. Guy from Talkie says, I just wanted to say a massive thank you. After you said on your show that men should get tested if something is not right, I did just that. I was diagnosed with penile cancer. It's a rare condition, but after having surgery, I have now had the great news that I'm cancer-free only because it was caught early. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Just get yourself checked out. I know how frightening it is because I didn't get myself checked out for years and years and years because I was scared that I was going to find out that what killed my dad and his two brothers, both my uncles, would one day uh, come and try and uh, add me to that um, to that sad scenario. And it tried. 
um, because one day I went to the loo and I saw something that was worrying after, after you know, doing what you do in the loo, uh, number twos. And I immediately just walked straight to the phone. It's when there were landlines. Well, landlines still exist, but we had one in our house and we used it more often than we do now. And I walked straight to the phone and I called the doctor and I don't know what it was. It, well, it was obviously something inside me where fearfulness was overridden by it wasn't bravery it just wasn't that it was like i don't i don't want to go there you know you've had your 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 way with our family far too often for anyone's liking and i went and got checked out they found something they 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 whipped it out they snipped it out they sent it up for a biopsy and it could have turned into the most sinister thing that one could imagine down there and it didn't and ever since then i've been getting checked out all the time and i tell people that i know and i love to do the same and they don't but you can't have a go at them because i was that person uh, but it's just great to hear another example of the fact that some things caught early are completely curable and some things caught even just a little bit later are completely incurable. And if you don't if you don't want to do it for yourself, uh, do it for those who love you. Lisa in Oxford says, please can I get a beep? Yes, you can, Lisa. Today's my sister's birthday, so I have taken the day off work and we are going for brunch and doing some shopping. Excellent. Nice. Is that bropping? Yeah. I think it is, isn't yeah. it? Because we're filthy now, aren't we? We are. We're, we're fit, fit and healthy. And healthy. Yeah, and we're, we're a filthy threesome. <laughs> Felth is the new wealth. <laughs> and if you want some felth management, we're your yes, guys. We are the go-to people. Ian the Sparky in Blackpool. Good morning, Chris and the team. Up at the usual time today, but very tired as I went to see Midjour on tour last night. It was fantastic. I bet he's really good on tour. Midjour. Came on the show, didn't he? Played a few songs for us a while ago. Who doesn't love Midjour? Susie and Norton. Today is my second ever day volunteering in my local Mind charity shop. Please, can I get a beep? Yes, you can. I did that. All the charity shops in Marlow, and people who've never been to Marlow before, um, once they discover one charity shop in Marlow, they then spend however many days it is that they were booked to come to Marlow, they spend all those days in all the other charity shops because they realise it's got the best gear you've ever seen in any charity shops anywhere. I mean, it's a pretty good rule of thumb, isn't yeah. it? You know, slightly posh place, Wimbledon Village, Barnes is pretty good, yeah. Marlow. Henley's off the chain. Yeah. Beckinsale, Berkhamstead. Yeah, <laughs> charity shops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go there. But they're always advertising for people to work in there voluntarily and paid for in the shops because they can't get enough people doing the right thing. Gemma in sunny Swindon. Please can we have a beep? Yes, you can, Gem. No problem there. My sister and I are off to Cardiff to see Beyonce today and we're so excited as we've been trying to get tickets for over a decade. We will be looking out for Wonder Will in his stage seats. Well, Will, he's all, he's not here today. <laughs> now, I can understand not being here tomorrow the morning after the Beyonce gig the night before, but he's... No, he's got, he's got to get... It's in Cardiff. He's got to queue. He's Cardiff. got to... They haven't moved Cardiff. Get dressed. Still where it was you before. You know, Two make himself away. look a perfection. Yeah. Uh, it's 7.45. It's 7.45 in the morning. Yep. Yeah, he's got to not have gotten up too early, so he's not too tired tonight. Do you know he's taking an outfit change for halfway through of the concert? Of course he has. No. He is yes, fully he is. committed. He's taking an outfit. Yes, he, he is. Have you discussed this with him? I mean, he, he could barely he's not talk here to, discuss, to me. He's not here to discuss it he with. He watched the videos from one of her gigs last week and he, when he was telling me about having watched these videos the previous night, mm. he was shaking. All right, so this is Will at the last Beyonce concert that he went to, which was how many years ago? Over a decade ago? He wasn't born a decade ago, was he? Here we go. Okay, so that's him in a stadium shouting to Beyonce. Hi! I'm over here. Beyonce! Beyonce! <laughs> Beyonce! Anyway, we'll have a great time. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. She's a Eurovision star, <laughs> TV presenter and vocal coach. He's a pop star, TV presenter and vocal coach. Together, they are the ultimate presenting coaching power couple who have an extraordinary family. Their new book, A Very Modern Family, is out now. So here to help us all keep up, basically, it's Carrie and David Grant. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Oh, my goodness me. Congratulations on this book. I mean, what a read. We've all read it. We couldn't put it down. So we'll get on to that in a second or two. Uh, Let's get Eurovision out of the way. (laughs) It It was 1983. Yes. In a world. Tell us about your Eurovision experience. Well, do you know what? We came sixth, and at the time we were so ashamed, whereas now it would be like, that's equivalent of winning in the UK. <laughs> yeah. What was your journey? How did, it, how did it happen? I just got auditioned for the band. I was 17 years old and got given the job, and it was brilliant. What a great experience. Where was it? Who hosted it? Who it, won? Terry Wogan in Munich, won by Luxembourg with a girl in a pink suit. Yes. <laughs> good for the girl in the pictures. Yeah, not I good like, for him. I, yeah. I re-watched Finland's entry last night. Yes. I cha, love cha, Finland. Cha. It was great, It was the it? best. And it got the public vote. Got, yeah, I oh. mean, I, to be honest, I thought the winner, Lorraine, I thought she was fantastic yeah, too. Yeah, she was. Oh, but, I've, got to t- I've got to tell you, though, Sweden winning has actually made friends of ours, our neighbours, think that I really know a lot about music. Uh, because. because on Saturday yes. at an event, uh, just one of the neighbours having a party, and the person next door said, Right, who's going to win tonight? Uh, what do I know? I said, <laughs> uh, Sweden. Yeah. And then well, the out of nowhere. Out, out of nowhere. And then the next day they were like, oh, how did you know? I mean, you just you just know this stuff. And I was, well... You know. Well, the Euromins is 47 million on Friday. You haven't got any numbers for us, have you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them to you after the show. All right, so for people who don't know, um, how how what did you what do you do for a living? What did you do for a living? So circa eighty three, we now know uh, yeah. the Sherlock's out there. I know anyway, of course I do. Uh, that you were in the music business, Dave. You were in the music business too. You, you still are yes. very much in the music business. Um, just give people a potted history of each of you, so and then we'll get how you got together, and then we'll talk about the book. Okay, so started with a group that nobody wanted uh, called Lynx, and we made our own first record. Intuition. It was it was a hit, and then we had hits after that and then we broke up like groups do um and then sorry you got nominated for brits and that's true yeah i got nominated you can say that he doesn't want it but you can say that no thank you found that out about six weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) how did that how did that come out in the wash then it came out on radio we were talking about the brit awards and he goes yeah i had a couple of nominations i was like sorry go rewind (laughs) who are you up against oh gosh the year that we were nominated for best newcomer uh soft cell one wow because tainted love had been kind of like the record of the year and still does great Uh, business absolutely um so yeah so that happened and i went solo and had hits and then started doing vocal arranging and vocal producing and then one day much further down the line having done that for a while we were doing some stuff with take that for their song prey and their management said do you want to vocal coach them and we were both by then i was with carrie but like "Mm." and we did one day and it was just you know when you stumble into something you never considered you never thought this is a direction that i want to go in you just stumble into it and go this is brilliant 
This is where I belong. This really expresses all the stuff I know about music, about singing, about people, about yeah. mentoring. So that's how the vocal coaching started. Superb. All right. So you've, you've sort of fast forwarded to you two are together at this point. So oh, yes. how, how did you get together? What is your origin story as a couple? Yeah. So I started out at 16 as a dancer on Top of the Pops. That was right. my job. Managed to avoid David on Top of the Pops, weirdly, for the whole two or three years that I worked on the show. Every week and I was then, on, Carrie was off. Yeah. Right. It was very weird. And then <laughs> uh, did your vision as you've mentioned, yes. and then was a TV presenter, got some TV work, and then I was a TV presenter on a Saturday morning children's show in Plymouth. David was the pop guest mm -hmm. in 1986, and that's when we met. That's when you met. Our, our eyes met across a canteen. So when did you get together system. then? Yeah, then. Around then, okay. Yeah, 86. And you were, you were so happy as a couple. You thought you left it for a, a while before you decided to have children. You, were, you weren't years. sure Absolutely. about it. That's yeah. a, this is how the book starts. So the book is called A Very Modern Family, Carrie and David Grant, Stories and Guidance to Nurture Your Relationships in the Most Modern of Families. Because that show in America called Modern Family. Mm. Little did they know. <laughs> Not quite as modern as us. Exactly. <laughs> so you were so happy together, you weren't sure about having kids because you thought, well, it could go yeah. either way. Might rock the boat. We're really happy what happens if you have a child and it all goes wrong absolutely yeah. and that's the thing you know i think for both of us we were both so astounded at the fact that we'd found somebody with whom we could just be completely ourselves and be really content we thought why maybe bringing another element yeah. as in a child uh -huh. into this is going to like make it, the whole thing explode so 1994 it happened yeah okay so eight where, years later so, so where are we now so, so four children yeah just can you just describe yeah. to people so, your family situation yeah exactly so what i'll do is i'll just do pronouns as we go please through do. so it makes please it easier so olive 28 actor just about to go to a big show in at riverside theater uh one of the stars of halo the tv series uh and uh, Olive has ADHD and uh, their pronouns are they, them, the non-binary. The next child down is Tylan, who is autistic. And Tylan is in Hollyoaks and Tylan's pronouns are he, him. Right, and Tylan's uh, very important in Hollyoaks because... Because they were the first autistic at the time girl ever to play a character, an autistic character on UK telly. Okay. Yeah. So that was groundbreaking. And then Arlo is 17. Arlo is amazing. Arlo's at school in an autism school. And Arlo's pronouns are they, he. Uh, slightly gender fluid. And then our adoptive son is 13. His name is Nathan and he's adorable. Right, so that's already, some people, you're already melting their brains there. Yeah, lots of ADHD, sorry, I did forgot to mention, lots of disses as well, dyslexia, dyscalculia, blah, 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 yeah, you and name then you it. You take us through there. the definition of those in the book, Yeah, yes. which is really important because, you know, it's like when we were growing up and on Newsround, there were stories that you joined halfway in because of your age, like, like you know, um, Trouble in the Lebanon or something like that. And they, they gave you what was happening daily there, but you think, well, how did all this begin? Yeah, and, you get no context. And it's really important that you... you do all this for us. You do this yeah. heavy lifting at the beginning of the book. So you can you can say, look, before we go, before we dive in here, yeah. here's some things that may help you to understand this journey. Yeah. And in it, and in its way, it's a sort of, um, it's, it's sowing the seed of what the book's all about because, you know, things are confusing until they're not. And, you know, we have been discussing you guys because you were coming on today, you know, how cool you are as parents. But there's only two ways to be cool. Well, there's three, maybe. One is to be born cool, and that does happen, right? And it's not fair on the rest of us. <laughs> Two is to be able to be cool because you understand the situation so well that you're calm, collected, and you have a, a useful stillness in the middle of it all. 
And then the third way is to just style it out and pretend to be cool until you get to the second way of being cool, which is finding out about it. <laughs> yes. And it, your, and your journey of is a sort of bit of both. Yeah, of no, it's definitely. Number definitely two and number third. three. Yeah, definitely number two and number three. In my case, a lot of trial and error. I think the, one of the things about parenting even if you're parenting neurotypical kids, is that you're going to encounter situations that you're not prepared for. And you have to learn how to deal with them. And there isn't a kind of, there isn't a manual, if you like, for where we are today. Hmm. Because today we're in such a mental health crisis. You know, I mean, I'm sure you know the stats where I think it's 80% of children between, uh, young people rather, between 16 and 18, say that their mental health has been affected detrimentally uh, by the pandemic and Mm -hmm. by lockdown and all of those things so we're in a situation where parents every parent now almost is going to to encounter mental health yeah yeah and it but and it's a it's a the thing is once you look over the garden fence you can't unsee it nor should you by the way nor should you but but it's infinite isn't it sorry i started that with a but but it is infinite it is infinite and i think that's that's what can overwhelm people it can be really overwhelming it particularly if you haven't had any interest in it in it before david and i've got a phrase in our house which is fix your face which is think about (laughs) think about what you're going to look like when your child presents with this that or the other make sure you have fixed your face otherwise your child will know your judgment it's so true it's so true it's it's like you know are you happy today yeah you sure nothing wrong no, why? Well, you need to tell your face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you're happy, if you're happy to, you know, to know it, tell your face. face. <laughs> and after you've told your face, tell the tone of your voice. Yes. Yeah, because it's not what you say. It's never what you say. It's how you say it. Yes. I mean, this is a typical example of getting it wrong, actually, is when Olive told me that they were non-binary. And, and I was in the kitchen. I was just cooking. And then behind me, they were sitting there with this little notepad. And they wrote in the tiniest writing, I am non-binary. And they turned the book towards me. I turned around. And looked down, read, I am non-binary. And, and I just said to Olive, lovely darling, of course you are. <laughs> and then carried on cooking. Oh, I just don't think that's a terrible response, to terrible. be honest. I'd buy that as a parent. <laughs> and then just ignored it for two years. Yeah. So you don't, I didn't, I wasn't curious. And I think that's one of the things we need to be with our kids is just to be curious. What's going on for you? How's that work for you? It's okay to ask questions. You don't, yeah. it's not about whether you approve or don't approve. No, it's, it's about, about what being taking heard. an interest and it's running alongside heard. them. What's, yeah, what's what's really interesting about you two as a couple is you're both quite alpha, you know, in a yeah. lovely in a lovely way. But you, yeah. but it, but it, you're a bit like Anton and Deck. You're both brilliant, you know, as individuals, as human beings, as forces of nature. You're both really sparkly. You both transmit, you know, true light. It's wonderful to see. But you make room for each other, you know, within a conversation like this, and also within a marriage. What have you learned from each other about the extraordinary, extreme uh, characteristics of your children as parents? Do you know what I would say that I've learned so much from Carrie? The things that I would say principally are to listen to the children. I started off because I came from very strict parenting. I started off knowing like three cast iron, unshakable facts about parenting and all of them were wrong. And, you know, I I would go like, this is what you do. It's like this in this out it's like you know they say computer rubbish and rubbish out if you put these elements of discipline and structure in this is the child you get and of course it didn't occur to me children are their own people you know it didn't occur to me a teenage rebellion happens because people children are finding themselves as their own people and finding they can't be that at home mm. so they're that outside you know i know for me the scariest times were when 
people from different parts of my life were together because they didn't know me as the same person. So I learned from Carrie, listening to our kids, learning about them, parenting them, bespoke parenting. Carrie was so far ahead of me on this. I wasn't Uh, that far ahead, to be honest. We were the same to begin with. I think we all imagined, David and I just imagined, we would be that family sitting in a restaurant where everyone just goes, look at that family. Yeah. Other children well, were all reading the menu in French. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to be that mum where like people I like, look at that. Like and then doing our the kids for us, under the know. table and on iPads. And I'm so grateful that they're all actually in the same place at the same time, somewhere near the table. That would be a result. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think you just change. And, and I think, like David says, each child is individual. It would be great if four kids were all brought up the same way and all, like computer in, computer out, it will work. For these types of children and for children that have mental health challenges, which is loads of children these days, it just doesn't work. And that's why, Chris, I would say that in the book we give lots of guidelines and lots of strategies, but not directions, because the way that you you change something and, you you, you know, things have to be malleable to suit your child yeah, yeah. in your particular situation, in your family dynamic. At the end of each chapter, you, you sort of summarise what you have learned and then you suggest questions that the reader might want to ask or pose or reflect on or consider, were they the same questions that you looked at? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think in a lot of our conversations, I mean, David's being a bit gentle about it because I had, I think for some reason, I galloped ahead with a different way of parenting. David just wanted to double down and be like, no, we need to be even more strict because that's what's going to work with these kids. I was like, actually, it's not, mate. It's like, it's not working because we're not doing it strictly enough. It's like, no, it's not working because it's not going to work. So I think asking questions is better than telling people what to do. Without, without... I mean, you know, we know, don't we, as parents, all of us here, we're all very lucky to be parents and to be with partners and have experiences as mums and dads that have been mostly joyous and revelatory, regardless of the challenges within those experiences that we know, don't we? We know that we are not there to teach the kids. The kids are there to teach us. Absolutely. They are born... And, and to remind us how little we know, how little is knowable and uh, how much we should all relax and give each other a good listening to. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you are a right. Good talking to. You're and right. I, yeah, I, and I love that because it, it really chimes with what we believe, that whatever the challenge is, you know, this is a book of hope. It's yeah. like saying that there is no challenge that you as a parent, as a guardian, as somebody who's raising your child, can't cope with there is hope. hope yeah, yeah absolutely our experience is joyous as well i would say there's a there's a theory it's a macro theory but i like it i'm sure it's got its chinks but what hasn't um that anything that's ever been done that is positive by any human being that's ever lived has only been achieved by an optimist because you have to be optimistic to bother with anything because yeah. otherwise you're nihilistic and what's the point Absolutely, because to succeed, you have to be prepared to fail. Yeah, I'd say you know you That's are. That's in there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. there yeah. are yeah. moments. Goodness, there are moments where we've sat together, you know, in a, some critical moment, and I've said to David, "How do we do this bit well? This is really mm. hard." You got a child on trigger warning, suicide watch, and you're like, I, I, "How do I deal with this bit? This is new. This is out of my experience. How yeah. do I do this?" And but you learn, yeah. and and after a while you go, okay, even those kinds of experiences, you learn from, you grow from, you work out what works for this child and what doesn't. 
Yeah, I mean, in one one of the uh, reflective passages at the end of a chapter, you talk about, you know, the results and uh, therefore the anal analysis of failure. And I, I that challenges me completely. I always like to, though, replace the word failure with trying because it's the results of trying. Because mm. trying is failure. And if you yeah. don't fail, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And if you don't get something wrong on a daily basis, you're really, really not yes. trying hard enough. Yes. Rachel. I um, was very moved by um, a, a moment that you guys describe in the book, which really shows, you know, your whole family coming together and being a family and being that symbiotic structure that, you know, you're supporting each other. And it was when um, Arlo was having a really difficult moment and you were both trying to deal with it. And then Thailand came in and said, Arlo you haven't met the person who's going to be your best friend yet. You haven't seen the best scenery and you haven't yet heard your favourite song. Oh my gosh, yeah, this was it's an just incredible brilliant. moment. Incredible words. Thailand, uh, do you know, and that's what's so amazing is your children, that child, Thailand, has been through so much himself. So for him to get to that point where David and I could step back and at 20 years old or whatever Thailand was at that point, saying to Arlo, you know what? There's a reason to live. There's every reason to live. I, you know, you just kind of go, yeah, my job here is done. Yeah. It was one of those moments. And it's also teaching the importance of words because Arlo, because the kids have written their own sections in the book and Arlo talks about how people at school would say to them, school days are the best days of your life. Oh my God. And Why their reaction to that was, well then, what's <laughs> well, the point? What's the point in I'm living? them and I really yes. don't like them at all. Yes. And it's just being aware of, of, of the fact, exactly like you said, if different children are different, you cannot have this blanket, one size fits all approach of discipline will result in this, you know, this outcome. Absolutely. No, no, no. You've got to listen. You've got to ask those questions. And, and getting the diagnosis that you got, because some people will rail against or push against labelling. Yeah. And you talk about a label is simply a signpost well, label's only a problem if you've got a problem with a label. Exactly. I'm, my kids are brilliantly autistic. Yeah. I don't have a problem with them being autistic. Oh, it's like great. It. Yeah, and, 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 She's got a game face on and also, <laughs> yeah, But also, but also you know... about my kids, yeah. You know, and, and I'm so glad you picked, you picked up on that because one of the things that we really want to make clear in the book is there's a huge, there's an ocean between heavy parenting and totally compliant parenting, which is just do what you want. It's almost as though people have created a binary in parenting and there isn't a binary. There are so many shades and colours and hues of parenting. Let's, let's use the whole palette. It's everything. Everything is nuanced. Everything is nuanced. Absolutely. There's nothing that isn't because everything's molecular. Everything's moving all the time. Yeah. Even the densest rock. Vassos. <laughs> <off. laughs> Here's the reason why people need to need to read this book. So the moment when Arlo told you that they're not the gender that they were assigned at birth, <laughs> you know, yes. for a lot of parents, you know, that, that first moment, and you talk about this in the book, you need to be prepared. You need to plan ahead. You need to read this book because the first moment, you could easily be forgiven if it comes as a bit of a shock, which, well, it might, is to go, oh, and they go, oh, no, but that's fine. But you already said, oh, and it's but. You've said, yes. oh, and but already. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've already lost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, can you talk a bit about that? Well, this was like a bustling time around the dinner table. There's like six of us all. You know, dinner's a big moment in our house, and Arlo, in a very autistic way, says, "I would like to make an announcement." And we were all like, oh, "Okay," <laughs> uh, and I, and they go, uh, "I am now a boy, and my name is Ian." And the two older kids go, not Ian! <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this great moment of, oh my gosh, 
Irish. Yeah. That gave David and I a moment to fix our faces while the others Absolutely. were kind of debating new names. I've had three texts uh, off my friend today about something. He's called Ian, so no offence, Ian. Sorry, no, Ian. Apologies to all he Ian. He's hugely successful. Couldn't yeah. be more successful, whatever that means. Um, but they, it, it was Ian was the issue. Absolutely. Not the announcement. <laughs> nope, the announcement was fine. Um, I can't believe it. We're almost out of time. Oh, um, 20 odd minutes now. Us. Flown by. Um, you have another minute. What would you like to say to people? This book is called A Very Modern Family. It's about our guest today, Carrie and David Grant. It's awesome stories and guidance to nurture your relationships. Yeah, I mean, if you have got any concerns about your child or your grandchild or friends with a child, read the book. And also, it's got all those lists of things that people go, maybe I've got ADHD, I'm not sure. All of that is in there. And also, I would say that we live in a changing world. And, you know, the book enables you to get ahead of the change, to be prepared for the change, to be prepared for the challenges that most of us are finding that we are having to face in one way or another these days if we're parents. Awesome. You've Thank both you. been brilliant. Thank you. You coming to Carfest again? We oh, are. Yeah, Friday. We're getting, I'm looking forward to we're that. Texts about you uh, from people who saw you last year at Carfest saying how wonderful you are, and they hope you're coming again. Well, you are coming again. That's great. Uh, but now we've just got time to take you back to 1983 <laughs> and Sweet Dreams. Oh, yeah. Here we go. this in next year they wouldn't notice <laughs> and we might win <laughs> goodbye you two thank you thank you Rachel thank you Marcel thank you team goodbye even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.